I was the all-around world champion and I had put those expectations and standards on myself and everybody else was kind of watching to see if I could do it and, and I felt like I had failed because I didn't live up to those expectations. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was Jordan Weaver. I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week, we find the very best athletes and speakers, and we ask them to go in deep about all things Olympic. So, it's the Artistic Gymnastics World Championships in Doha, and to get us in the mood, we have two very, very special gymnasts, Jordan Weaver and Madison Koshin. So, let's start with Jordan. In 2011, she was world champion, the one to beat heading into London 2012 but she didn't qualify for the all-around final at the Olympic Games. Now, rather than dwell on that disappointment, she refocused and absolutely slayed it in the team section. As part of the Fierce Five, she took gold. Now she's taking that experience and using it in a new role as a coach at UCLA. Scott Bregman sat down with her in Los Angeles and began by asking her how it felt to be an Olympian. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Looking back and remembering that I'm an Olympic champion, it, I still have this feeling like I can't believe I did that. Because um, I remember watching my very first Olympics on TV when I was nine years old. And I watched Carly Patterson and, and all of the girls in the 2004 team. And I still look back and think, like how I did that. Um, but, but being able to say that is, is truly an honor. And being able to represent my country and, and not just do that, but win a gold medal, it's something that, I'll never forget and it will always be a huge part of me and part of my life and um, it definitely catapulted my life in the direction that, it, that it's going now which I'm so grateful for so um, it was it's really cool to look back and, and know that I had that amazing experience and I get to call myself an Olympian. Uh, so the year before in 2011 you were world champion just talk just take me through kind of like having won the world title and what your life was like leading up into London. Mm -hmm. So going into the 2011 Worlds, obviously I didn't have that many expectations for myself and um, coming out as the all-around world champion was really amazing. I mean, I got to say that I was the best person in the world on that day, which is really cool. But with that came a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations for that year leading up to the Olympics. And everybody was kind of watching me and trying to see, can I, can I live up to that title? Um, and at the same time, I decided to go professional in the sport, so I had to balance things like commercial shoots and sponsors and appearances. So, um, you know, that whole time, the pressure started to build, and not only did I, I always put pressure on myself, but I started to feel that from the outside world as well. Um, so it was really cool to, to be the all-around world champion, but definitely a lot, of, a lot of added pressure going to the Olympics in 2012. How do you think you tried to like deal with that, to like push it away, or what did you do to, to handle mm -hmm. it? Well, I always told myself just take it one day at a time in terms of training, in terms of um, you know my mental state, and if, if I was getting stressed out or feeling that pressure a lot, I just told myself take it one day at a time. And every day when I went into the gym, I gave my 100% effort so that at the end of the day, I knew that I would feel good about my, that journey and, and my training, and I would go into, into Olympic trials and that whole process feeling confident. Um, it's definitely a lot to balance, especially for a 16-year-old, but um, you know, looking back, it was a crazy time, so much fun, but definitely not easy. It got very intense at times. And what were your personal expectations going into the Olympics? 
Going to the Olympics, you know, you never want to say that you, you know you're going to make the Olympic team. So trials was obviously a stressful time because you don't want to jinx it. You don't want to assume that you're going to make it. You still have to prove yourself every single second. Um, so I think once I finally made that team, I, I set expectations for myself. You know, I, I was the reigning world champion. I wanted to go and buy for that Olympic all-around champion medal. So um, obviously I had that expectation for myself, but, you know, the number one priority was always do what I can to help the team. And, and the, the goal was always to win the team gold medal first and foremost, and then the individual stuff came after that. Yeah, um, obviously like, it's, it's, it's always, whenever I've talked to you about this, it's, it's a silly thing to like talk about. Like you had a bad day, you mm -hmm. were like fourth, I think, in the mm -hmm. world. I mean, but just like talk about that day and mm -hmm. like what you went through afterward and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So going into prelims, the first day of competition, um, obviously that's a pressure-filled day because it determines whether you're going to move on to make finals. And, and for me, that meant whether I was going to vie for that Olympic all-around medal. And, you know, I didn't have a bad day. I just had an okay day. Um, I had a stress fracture in my shin at the time, so I didn't feel 100% prepared. I, I couldn't do as many numbers in the gym. But once I got out on the competition floor, my adrenaline took over. So I don't feel like that was a big component of that day. Um, but I remember, you know, on beam, I wobbled three or four times. That was very uncharacteristic of me. And then on floor, I went out of bounds. And just from those few mistakes, I, I remember at the end of the competition, looking up at the scoreboard and seeing my name in fourth place, which is not bad. Fourth in the whole world, that's, that's amazing. But we obviously have the two per country rule. Um, and USA is always just so dominant. And I remember seeing my other two American teammates ahead of me in the scores. So I realized I didn't qualify. And that was a, an extremely heartbreaking experience um, because, you know, you looked back on, on the year before and I, had, I, had, I was the all-around world champion and I had put those expectations and standards on myself and everybody else was kind of watching to see if I could do it. And, and I felt like I had failed because I didn't live up to those expectations. And that was a really hard thing especially considering I had to go on and compete a couple days later. Um, but I, I allowed myself to kind of feel the feelings and be disappointed and cry for about two hours. And then I remember, I think it was Allie, she came up into the room and said, hey, why don't you come downstairs and hang out with the team? And as soon as she said the word team, I realized, okay, that's what it's about now. It's no longer about me. I got to have my time to be sad and disappointed, and now it's about the team. And that's where all of my focus and all of my energy went towards um, the rest of the time I was in London. And that just totally fueled me. I mean, putting my, putting my effort and all my focus on some, something other than myself really helped me get out of my own head. And, and doing it for someone else is always easier than doing it for yourself. So um, I remember during the team competition, I just cheered for my teammates every Free second that I could. I obviously went up and knew I had to hit my routines and do my job, but I did it for them. And I feel like that really helped me turn it around and figure out how to keep going after that, that horrible disappointment. Yeah. And obviously you had like an incredible, you had an incredible competition in the team final with, I mean, all of your, all three of your events were great, but for me, the floor routine just stands out. It's just like basically perfect. Like, what do you remember of that moment and like running off the floor and just that whole rotation, I guess, for the U.S.? Before my floor routine started in team finals, I remember just feeling really determined. You know, that whole day I felt, you know, I want to do this for my team, but I also want to get, um, I also want to feel 
like I redeemed myself a little bit from, from the emotional state that I was in. Um, so before my floor routine, I was just dialed in. I was so focused. I just I had this feeling of, I know I'm going to hit this routine. And as soon as the music started and I, um, I was dancing and I landed my first pass, I threw my arms up and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that was a really good pass. And I was like, wait, I got to refocus. I still have a whole routine to do. And I remember feeling that little moment of, okay, I got to refocus. Um, but I just felt so much joy and so much, it was so much fun um, to just go out there because at that point I had done the work in the gym, I prepared and um, I just had to kind of set myself free and, and enjoy that moment and do it for my teammates. And it was the best floor routine of my entire life. And I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it's crazy to think that that was six years ago, but how do you think that like, not, I mean, it's like I said, it's hard to call it a disappointment, but it was for you, right? How do you think that has like, how do you think that moment kind of changed your life and what you still kind of take from it six mm -hmm. years later? I think it's true to say, you know, when we go through things in life that aren't exactly how we planned or how we wanted them to go, it's, it's hard in the moment to say, okay, this happened for a reason. But looking back six years later, I do think that that day happened for a reason, that disappointment. It, it, it put me in a direction in my life where I feel like I'm supposed to be exactly where I am now. So that's really cool to look back six years later. And um, I think having to pull myself together and, and serve my team and do the job for somebody else really helped me um, figure out that I wanted to come be a part of a college gymnastics team where the, the entire focus is on the team. You know, everybody has their individual routines and they have their own personal job to do, but it's the focus is on the team's success. And that's something that I feel um, really deep inside of my soul. Is like I just feel like, you know, it's, you, you, can, you can accomplish so much more as a part of a team than you can by yourself. And, and helping other people and leaning on other people, that's, that's an important lesson to learn. And, um, and I'm just so glad that I, that I went through that hard experience because it got me to where I am today. Yeah. And so when you first showed up at UCLA, you were trying to train, right, elite, and mm -hmm. also be the team manager. Just walk me through kind of that time of your life and how you sort of decided, like, I want to really focus on the team instead mm -hmm. of my own gymnastics. So when I was younger, I remember having two dreams. The first to go to the Olympics and the second to be a college gymnast. I, I don't know why, that's just something I always wanted to do. So when I went professional, um, I asked Miss Val like, if I could still come to UCLA and, and be a part of the team somehow. And she said, yes, of course. And I didn't realize that that job would be being a team manager. But I showed up here at UCLA my freshman year and, um, and it, that's what I had to do for the team. That was the role that they needed me to be in uh, to help the team. Um, but I was still training at the time. So I would get up early and start practice at 6 a.m. and train before the team came in because there's an NCAA rule which says you can't train at the same time. So I would train from 6 to whenever the team got here. And then when the team practiced, I would help move mats, help chalk the bars, um, basically help with anything that needed to be done. And then I would go to class. So I was, it was a busy, really hard schedule for a while. Um, and it got to the point where my passion for training personally had, was starting to fizzle out and I just realized that um, training is intense, it's very stressful. I'd gone through so much in my gymnastics career that mentally I was just ready to be done. Um, and that was really important time in my life because that allowed me to put my entire focus on the team here at UCLA. And um, I got to sleep in a little later, but um, I got to be in the gym the entire time and put all my energy towards helping the team be successful. Um, 
it was definitely a hard decision to make to retire, but I'm so glad I did because I got to be a normal college student. I got to be a part of this team and I got to go to class and walk on Bruin Walk and just with my backpack and just be a normal student, which was um, something I always wanted to do. Do you remember kind of those first moments when you were really figuring out like, I really like coaching? You know, when I came to college, I probably would have told you I'm never gonna be a gymnastics coach. Um, because I always had the perspective of, okay, I've been in my, the gym my entire life. I don't want to be in the gym for the rest of my life. Um, but, you know, being a team manager, I saw a lot of things. I, I watched um, a billion practices. I listened to the coaches. And I started to see the impact that college coaches can have on a team. It's not just about teaching gymnastic skills and, and the technical side of things and coming up with a perfect training plan, but it's about impacting these girls in a huge transition time in their life. I mean, college is where everybody kind of grows up, figures out who they want to be, how to take ownership and control of their lives. And I started to see the mentorship, mentorship side of things and the leadership. And that's the part that really attracted me. So um, my senior year, Ms. Val asked if I wanted to coach floor. And I really didn't want to, but I thought, okay, this could be a good challenge for me. This could be something new that I can try. And so I said yes. And I remember the first couple of months just being like, okay, I think this is something that I love to do. And just immediately I, I fell in love with coaching and helping the girls overcome, you know, mental challenges and physical challenges and, and all of that. It just, um, that really um, makes me really happy. Val talks a lot about, like, she's not focused on winning all the time, right? And from my perspective, it seems like it's, it was the, it's, she's like one of the perfect people for you to have come in contact with. Because obviously you guys ended up winning, mm -hmm. but because you didn't, you, you, could, you could still be better at the sport for not having made the all-around final. Mm -hmm. Do you think that like being around that and working with Val kind of helped in like really coming to peace with that moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Coming to UCLA, a lot of what Val teaches is similar to what John Wooden taught as a basketball coach here at UCLA. And I think the number one thing is that success is not determined by winning. It's not determined by being the best. It's determined by knowing that you put 100% effort into what you're doing, and at the end of the day, you don't have regrets. So coming to UCLA, and I had this idea that you know, I had to be on top, I had to win to be successful. And I had grown up thinking that, and I was literally taught that in the sport of gymnastics. But coming here and, and understanding that it's okay to fail because you always learn something, and it's okay to not always be in first place because you can still feel successful, that's something that, that's one of the number one things that I've learned from Miss Val, and I think she was the perfect person for, to mentor me and, and be a leader for me coming off of the Olympics because I had such a strong idea that, um, you know, because I didn't compete and win, in, win the all around in the Olympics that I was a failure. And now I realize that that happened for a reason and I can still feel successful after the Olympics even though that goal wasn't reached. You know, with this, you know, with, with what Val has preached and what she's teaching you about, you know, having success mm -hmm. regardless of the outcome on the field of play, how that, can like help move the sport forward mm -hmm. from this moment? I think the idea of redefining what success means in sports and especially gymnastics can, can really help move our sport in the direction it needs to go. I think for so long, USA Gymnastics and, and not just gymnastics, but a lot of sports have sort of set this, this idea of what being successful is and that's winning, winning 
metals and money. And that has created a, an awful environment and culture in our sport. And I, I truly believe that, that that has to change. And I think it starts with education of athletes and coaches of what success means. It's knowing that you gave your 100% effort to be successful. That's what success means. And I think a lot of coaches, um, they originally start coaching because they love helping kids grow and learn skills and, and grow into you know, strong, confident athletes. And I think sometimes that, that idea gets lost because you just get caught up in the idea of, of winning and, and that being the, the, the determining factor of success. And I think that, that's something that needs to be continuously taught and, and coaches need to be reminded of because um, I think that our sport needs to go in a more positive direction. Olympic Channel Podcast. Thank you to both there. One of the people who trains at UCLA is Madison Koshin. She was part of the final five at Rio 2016. Scott also spoke to Madison and he began by asking her what was the most memorable moment from her Olympic experience. Olympic Channel Podcast. Well, definitely one of my top memories is getting the gold medal and watching our flag raise and just really thinking back to all the hard work that we put into winning that uh, team medal um, and just really representing USA because, you know, sometimes we often forget like how much we have that comes free to us and that all the other people that are sacrificing for us. So I think for me to be able to stand there proud and to really feel like I impacted other people's lives and uh, worked so hard for this accomplishment, I think that was one of my favorite memories. But I think aside from gymnastics, probably just hanging out in the village and meeting um, even just people from the US but from other sports, I think that was really cool. And um, hanging out in the rooms with the girls and just really having sharing a lot of laughs I think that was one of one of my favorite times yeah that was kind of my next question was like if there was a moment outside of competition mm -hmm. like a funny thing that happened to you guys or something that that stands out to you uh I think we would just sometimes we would just get bored and so we would do like photo shoots like on our balcony um with just different clothes or um, just stuff like that, or even before competitions, we would do each other's makeup. Um, I know Allie would always do my makeup a lot, um, just try different things. But I think things just to take our mind off of gymnastics to really just keep us calm and just to, we were in the gym for so long, I think we already knew what we were supposed to do. So really just to, anything to take up our mind off the gym. Um, what does it mean to be an Olympian today? To be an Olympian, to me, it just makes me proud when I think back at all the hard work that I put into that accomplishment. It was a dream since I was little, and um, you know every little girl dreams of going to the Olympics, but you don't really realize what it takes to get there. And for, for me, there was definitely a lot of injuries and ups and downs, and so to be an Olympian is just pretty much the icing on the cake because there were a lot of points where I didn't think I would get there and I was like, maybe I'll just stick to college gymnastics or something like that. But um, once I really set my mind to that goal, there was nothing really gonna stop me. Um, but did you ever think about, your other four teammates gave up their eligibility, did you ever kind of consider that? I think at one point I probably did early on uh, when more um, agents or sponsors were 
trying to talk to my parents, but no one really contacted me because I think my parents kind of knew that I was set on competing in college and I always wanted to have that bigger team experience and something that I was doing for other than just myself because gymnastics has always been kind of a more individual sport for me, um, especially in elite gymnastics. And so to have 25 teammates and really to know when I go out and compete, it's for them, not for myself. I think that's really something that I always wanted to experience. And I've always been close with Miss Val, so that was also just one of the biggest factors coming here to UCLA. What was your freshman year like? It's just like, it's a totally different world. Like you're on your own, you're yeah. doing level 10 rules. Like just what was, what was that transition like? Yeah, definitely my freshman year was probably one of the hardest transitions because I came straight off the Olympics and I was traveling a lot um, the fall quarter and through preseason. And so um, I wanted to kind of take every single opportunity and sometimes it was just too much. So I really had to balance everything out and um, think about how much time and effort I wanted to give to my teammates and to this team because that was kind of my next step in gymnastics, but at the same time doing, doing the Kellogg's tour and doing those other opportunities and engagements um, with media and stuff with my Olympic team. So it was definitely a balancing act and um, even just like the little things like having to do your laundry every week. And like, I was used to doing it at home, but not like, sometimes if I was busy, like my mom would just do it for me or just um, just making sure you got everything done by yourself. It was just, a, I guess it was kind of a lot at first, but I figured out my way. And so now it's, it, everything is just routine and I'm really having fun. So you and Kyla are the only two women who've won a world team gold medal, an Olympic team gold medal and an NCAA title. How do you kind of compare those three different things. Yeah, that's funny. Every, everyone kind of asks us that, and um, I think I was definitely more emotional after winning the national championship than at the Olympics, winning like a gold medal or my, my silver medal or um, any of my world's medals. So um, it's just kind of funny to kind of compare them because obviously the Olympics is the highest thing for gymnastics, and so that's like always been my dream, always been a huge accomplishment and something that I'll always carry proudly. Um, I think the national, winning the national championship as a team was just so special because we spend so much time together, whether it's in classes, outside of gym, every single day in the gym, um, just from preseason, going through all of our hard circuits and conditioning together, I think that was the difference maker versus the um, Olympic team because we are all from different areas. So just to be around each other for this whole year leading up to the national championship and winning, I think that's kind of why I was so emotional because we had such close connections with each other. Um, okay, so obviously you've spent a lot of time with Simone. Uh, with Simone. Um, what has it been like watching her just come back like nothing ever? Like she was never away basically. Yeah, Simone is definitely amazing, amazing gymnast, amazing person, friend. And I'm really excited that um, even though she left uh, Amy, I think having Laurent Cecile as coaches uh, has really helped her and really just brought a different side out of her because, um, I mean, they coached me. So for them, it, coaching someone different and just knowing Simone's capabilities, they're just, even what we saw at the U.S. Championships, I mean, she has so much more in store for her, which is crazy to think about because 
she had only been back for like nine months and she's doing more than what she was at the Olympics, doing, feeling better. And um, I know she said that personally, like she felt like she was in better shape, just everything. And it's just like kind of crazy to think about how she took like at least a whole year off and came back within like no time. So um, I'm really excited to see how she does at Worlds. I'm sure she's gonna do great, just like we saw before at um, Classics and Championships. But um, I'll just definitely be cheering her on here because she's always been a great friend to me. Right, thanks to Madison and also to Scott. He's in Doha for the World Championships. Well worth a follow on Twitter for his take on things. And he's also posting on at Olympic Channel. So give that a follow to stay across everything that is going down over there in Qatar. In the meantime, you can catch me as at Eddie Knowles on Twitter and Insta too. If you like the podcast today, then head on over to iTunes or wherever you leave... <laughs> or wherever you get your podcasts to leave a little review. That helps people find us. Also, share with your friends, tell people in real life too. That would be amazing. That is it for now. See you soon. Think, Think like an Olympian. Like an Olympian.